The views and opinions expressed by the following program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station or Webster Rock Hill Ministries, its management, or other hosts or underwriting sponsors. Programs presented by KWRHLP are for educational and entertainment purposes only. Well, hello, listeners in listener land. This is Arnold Stricker Vintune with Ellie Wharton. On the line right now, we have Will Schneider, who's the planetarium manager at the St. Louis Science Center. And, uh, Will, we'd like to welcome you to In Tune. Hi, I'm happy to be here. We are excited about tomorrow, and you guys have an unbelievable schedule planned at the at the uh, Science Center tomorrow, Planetarium being a part of that. So, you know, I, I kind of want to have you kick off a little bit and tell us about the festivities tomorrow, celebrating the 50th anniversary of uh, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin stepping onto the moon from Apollo 11. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going to go on tomorrow at the Science Center? Oh, absolutely. It's going to be a great day, and really we're telling people it's, it's just a big party. We're trying to celebrate, you know, 50 years ago, a huge giant leap for mankind, as it's always called, and we want to commemorate that and really just have a lot of fun, too. So for people of all ages, the event's going to start first thing in the morning at 9.30, and it is free, so everyone's encouraged to come on out, and really no matter what your interest is, we're going to have something fun for you. Whether it's the kids, we've got an astronaut and training program, we've got all sorts of activities on every floor of the building, so they'll be definitely having a lot of fun. Even outside, we have more activities, a rocketry competition, and all over the building, we're going to have um, people and experts on Apollo, on Mercury, and Gemini from here in St. Louis, and even people who um, got to either participate or even see the recoveries of Apollo 11 and some of the other space capsules, too. So it should be a really good time. Uh, one of the main events is going to be in the afternoon when we have a countdown starting at 3 o'clock to the very minutes that we landed on the moon for the first time, and we'll be listening live to the original audio from NASA. So it really should just be a lot of fun. Wow. So you're going to have some, some astronauts tomorrow there? At the, at now, the we won't have astronauts, unfortunately, but we will have a lot of engineers. Um, I think one of the highlights is we have um, some of the McDonald aircraft and McDonnell Douglas engineers that worked on Mac uh, on Mercury and Gemini space capsules that laid the groundwork for Apollo. It's always so interesting to hear their stories, especially since it's tied to our history here in St. Louis. But in addition to them, we do have some tied to the Apollo program, particularly some of the um, uh, people that worked on the recovery missions once Apollo 11 made it back to Earth, um, the people that were on the ships and the carriers to go get them and bring our boys home. So it should be a lot of fun. That's an interesting point that uh, you made. You're, you're really kind of covering everything from the point at which capsules were made all the way to recovery, which is really a full understanding of what these missions were. And many, I don't know if that many people, unless they were tuned in as I was, I was when I was a kid, man, Mercury was being launched, Gemini was being launched, I, I followed Apollo. I'd know. skip school just for the, you know, just to watch the launch. Oh, the, that was a big deal. <laughs> okay. It was a huge deal. And, it was. And those capsules, the uh, Mercury and Gemini, were made here in St. Louis at McDonnell Douglas. Get out of here. Arnold, you were just a wealth of trivia knowledge. Well, I was I was going to lead into that to have Will, maybe he wanted to amplify on that a little bit because I didn't want to steal some thunder there. <laughs> no, not at all. I appreciate it. But I'm glad you bring it up because, you know, while we are celebrating the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11 and, you know, the, the famous quote is one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind, it really is so much more than just one small step. It was you know, literally millions of steps. It had over 400,000 people all over the country working together to make Apollo happen. And a big part of that 
was the first human space flight, beginning with Mercury, which you mentioned that we had those capsules uh, designed and built here in St. Louis, going on to Gemini, our second space capsule leading up to Apollo, and all of those were sort of the testing ground, seeing what it took to get astronauts to space, what we needed to do better to get to the moon and keep up with President Kennedy's challenge. So it's really great that we have that local connection and really something that's so important to our current space program. So what is special to you about the Apollo 11 flight? Obviously, you know, we know it's the first man to walk on the moon, uh, but is there something that stands out to you as, as special in your memory or in your thoughts as you have uh, been working up to this 50th anniversary? Oh, well, I think there's so many special things that you could talk about, but I think for me, really more than any of the the literal things that happened, like, yes, it's so cool that we were able to send, you know, a human being a quarter of a million miles away to the moon. That's a big deal, but I think when you think about it just for what it means for humanity, that, you know, for thousands of years, we were stuck here on the Earth. You know, gravity was our captor. There was no way for us to leave. We could look up to the stars. We could see the moon. We could dream of what was out there. But really, we had no possible way of going there until 50 years ago. It changed the course of human history and really the way we interacted with the rest of space around us. And, and you know, Arnold, I think that um, Will brings out a very important point. While the the mantra is one small step on the moon, one giant leap for mankind, he says it really was a million steps. That's correct. And sometimes we don't always see that. We see the end result, and we cheer on the end result instead of looking at all of the other steps that went into making that step a successful one. Well, and the number of people, because we know that Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and Michael Collins get the honor for being those three astronauts on Apollo 11, there are a countless number of other people. We know we know Gene Kranz, who was the uh, his name because he was the uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Will the the flight director, or correct? Yep, flight director for Apollo 11 and, and several other missions. Too. You're right. Several other you know names we might know actually uh, astronauts who were down in mission control, but we don't know the names of the engineers at McDonnell Douglas or the people who were the the draftsmen or the people who you know, we we had a show on the ladies who did the calculations. That's right. Exactly. You know, there was a movie made about that. And so there are countless of thousands of people who have invested their lives and their time to make this reality happen. And it was an interesting point you made, Will, because, you know, gravity has always kept us down. And I was thinking about this, you know, coming to the station today, that how significant is this in the history of the world? We're visiting another, well, we're visiting our moon. I wouldn't call it another planet, but we're, we're going outside of our realm and I think of explorers when they first left their homeland and traveled across the ocean, and maybe they thought they found a new land, and maybe they just were down the ocean way on an island. That hadn't been <laughs> just before. down the way there, around but the it's, corner. It's a pretty significant accomplishment. It, it really is. I don't think that can be emphasized enough. I mean, while I am biased, you know, I'm a space geek, I really think there almost can be no comparison. You know, truly leaving the Earth and traveling to someplace else in space. And wow, that is so significant. It, it truly, really is just our first step. The Earth is our closest neighbor in space. As you mentioned, you know, it is our moon. It's not necessarily even a planet in the solar system. So hopefully in the future, we'll be able to see us build upon those steps and even travel further out into the cosmos. And then, too, it also led to so many other things, if you stop and think about it. You know, when we have all of the weather stations and the weather satellites and now the cable satellites and all of these things really have come out 
as a result of just all of the research that was done to get the men up into space. Right. You know, so those are the kinds of things that give us a totally different perspective of our Earth. I was looking at a weather satellite image the other day, and it was showing storms and how they generate in other parts of the world, you know, down in the the Cape of, of Good Hope, and then how they kind of move their way across the Atlantic to become a hurricane in this country, that to me is fascinating. Well, we learned the, the currents of the oceans. We learned uh, the the wind, how it moves around. Exactly. And it's it's it is fascinating. I, I love I love that you bring that up because really, whenever I look back at the space race and Apollo, more than even what it taught us about the moon or about space, I think it's very important what you're saying that it taught us so much about the Earth. It was a perspective we've never had. And, you know, when you look back from some of those famous images, not only from Eleven, but some of our first ones in Apollo 8, of the famous Earth rise, mm-hmm. seeing it uh, in, from orbit around the moon, we had never had that perspective on Earth before. And when you see it as just this small, little, fragile thing floating in space, you don't see any of our country borders or any of the things that, you know, we're used to dealing with on Earth. So I think it is very powerful. Yes, I, I think also, too, about one time there was a, a massive uh, volcano. When it showed the image of the the cloud from the volcano, you're right, Will, it all of a sudden diminished any kind of border, any kind of anything, because it was like the whole northern part of, of the world was impacted by that. Exactly. And I think as we look at Apollo 11, it it truly was a a global accomplishment. Well, you know, here we certainly celebrate all the steps and Americans involved. The the whole world really did stand still 50 years ago. And, you know, you can look up all the different statistics of just how many people watched the live broadcast that we'll be celebrating tomorrow. And even in other sides of the world where it was the absolute middle of the night. People were up, they were glued to TVs and radios, and it was really something that all of humanity could celebrate. I think it's something that people who were alive then remember where they were. That's right. And what they were doing. You have this real great interest in in space, and I know you have a bachelor's degree in, in physics with a concentration in astrophysics and a minor in mathematics. He's kind of a... Kind of a dumb guy, though, isn't he? Oh my he? gosh! I mean, you know, <laughs> gee whiz! Yeah, I'm a slacker. <laughs> so, this is, this is an off-the-cuff question. Do you know how to work a, a slide rule? Oh, believe it or not, I actually do now. That's, Good for you. you know, before my time, I'm I'm younger. I'll admit. Um, so I wasn't actually around for the fiftieth or uh, for the, uh, fifty years ago for the moon landing in 1969. But believe it or not, as a curiosity, I actually have used the slide rule before. And as you look at the Apollo program. Um, any of those that historic footage, you see those, you know, engineers and, and mathematicians. They're working away on those little slide rules with that's, a lot that's more right. technology I, than we have today. I, I remember when the first calculators came out. I do too. And they were really expensive. They were kind of like when the first phones came out. But everybody, we we did calculations. We learned how to use slide rules in junior high school. Well, so. I, wasn't it the abacus that you used? <laughs> Wait, are you saying I'm that old? What you, what's say what? Well, it was just pebbles on the ground. I was in Arnold. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Move dirt around here. That's right. So what? Uh, tell us a little bit about the planetarium. I know you are the uh, manager for that. It's part of the Science Center. It used to be separate, and there are many, many activities. I remember going there. It's been a while, uh, honestly. I, I apologize for that, but I remember a space capsule being there, uh, several space capsules I, yes. being there at the time. I remember it being built. I don't remember that. I do. It was a, it was a lovely. Wow, you must be ancient I, then. 
the ancient of days. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the, what's going on at the planetarium, Will. Uh, well, the planetarium here at the Science Center, it really is such a, a special part of St. Louis. I mean, whenever you, you drive up into Forest Park, you see the amazing building and that mid-century architecture. But inside, it's a truly special place. And what a lot of people don't know, it's the second largest planetarium in the Western Hemisphere. Wow. We're bigger than New York City. We're bigger than Chicago, bigger than Los Angeles. So it's a really, really special planetarium and a great resource for the community we have. But like you mentioned, we do have lots of exhibits too. We have um, a Mercury and Gemini space capsule, like you referenced. And especially now, celebrating some of the anniversaries we are in the space race, it's an awesome time to come in and actually see those in person, an experience that a lot of people don't get. But truly at the planetarium, the main event is coming to one of our star shows. It's up on our upper level with some of our other exhibit floors, and like I said, it is one of the largest in the world, which is really, really special to come in, especially here in St. Louis, where we've got a lot of lights and maybe don't get the best view of the stars in the real sky. You can get a perfectly clear view, we can help you find planets, and just really help you explore space for yourself. I think if people have not had the experience of going to the planetarium, and I love, uh, the, I remember the last one of the last shows, and this is a long time ago, was a laser light show that it was projected oh, yeah. onto the sky inside the planetarium. You lean back on the chair and you, you can see the constellations, you can learn about the constellations. It's just a very fascinating thing. You have a show tonight, or this afternoon I should say, uh, it's the live, live sky, it's the moon. And what yeah, do you guys? We have, we have multiple different shows throughout the day, and we are featuring one on the moon right now. So, you know, of course, very timely when we're talking about the 50th anniversary. Mm -hmm. But whether you like constellations, you just want to know what's in the sky later on tonight. You know, our our staff is awesome. They're really the heart of the planetarium, and that's the cool thing. You're not just coming in and watching a movie or something. You can come and actually ask questions. You can have your questions answered and just sort of wonder together about what's out there. So a question, yeah, it's a great place, I tell you. It's a place. wonderful place. And, and it's, it's free, isn't it? Or a relatively small fee? Yep, just like the Science Center, the planetarium is free. And just to that's clarify, that gets you in our first floor, and that's where you get to see the Mercury and the Gemini. We've got a big exhibit on Mars. And right now we're featuring a Smithsonian exhibit all about the moon with absolutely beautiful um, imagery from the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter of craters and the landing sites and all sorts of great things. So you can see all of that for free, but I really would encourage people to pay just a few bucks. You get to go upstairs and experience the star shows, which is really what we're all about. That's so, great. So where do you see spaceflight going? I know that there's been a push to go to the moon again and then to Mars. Where do you see spaceflight from our country and really internationally going? We definitely hope to see both of that. And I know right now, pretty much the, the main place our astronauts have been is low Earth orbit. We hear all about the space station, but in recent years, there is a push for going back to the moon. And there's even some numbers being thrown out there as early as 2024, which would be amazing, but maybe at least in the next decade or so, we'll be able to see humans go back to the moon. And even more than that, I think we will see our first woman on the moon too, which would be really great for all of humanity. But really the moon should be a jumping off point for us. There's still lots and lots we can learn there, but it is again our closest neighbor in space. So people are excited about going to Mars. I think that will take a little bit longer, but really, you know, 50 years ago, we started exploring, and there's so, so much left. We've barely even just taken one step out into space, let alone really gotten a feel for what's out there. Uh, you know, I just kind of want to know, what's on the dark side of the moon? 
Oh, well, that's really great because actually this year our perspective has changed a little bit, and there truly is no dark side of the moon, even though you know, Pink Floyd might yeah, make uh, us want to think that. I guess. <laughs> that's right. But, that's a Pink Floyd um, thing. But there is a far side of the moon. There's one side that we never see with our eyes here on Earth. So far side, dark side. But um, for the first time back in January, China actually landed a rover on the far side of the moon. That was something that had never been done before, so it's doing some exploring there, and Absolutely, you know, all of uh, the Apollo missions landed on the near side here, but maybe as we get a little bit better at exploring the moon, we'll be able to have humans explore the far side as well. So we want people to remember that the Apollo 50th anniversary moon landing party at the St. Louis Science Center, it's one day, three hours, 50 minutes, and 41 seconds, 40 seconds, 39 seconds. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the website not that we're counting. watching. Yeah, not that I'm counting. Uh, but And folks, you can look at that. Just go to the St. Louis Science Center website. It's slsc.org, and you should be able to navigate to the 50th anniversary moon landing party. And as Will was stating, there are a variety of activities going on from 9.30 to 5.30 with the culmination of the moon landing countdown at 3 o'clock. Will, what a great, great program you've got set up for tomorrow. And it's just not tomorrow. The Science Center is a wonderful place. Every, every day. I have to get back down there and reacquaint myself with that because it's been many, many years since I've been down there. Well, give yourself plenty of time because I found, I went there last year and uh, it was just on a Sunday. I just decided to go. I was there all afternoon. Well, Will Schneider, we we greatly appreciate you coming on the show today. Will is the planetarium manager for the St. Louis Science Center. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful and successful day tomorrow. We appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much. We appreciate you talking to us, and we look forward to seeing everyone out here for the big party. We'll be there. Thank you, Will. Thank you so much.